Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This week, I am so happy to welcome back to Sorta Awesome, a very awesome, very special guest co-host, my sister, Emily. Now, Emily came on Sorta Awesome last summer, and we dished on all kinds of things, including what it's like to have a sister who's so close in age. We talked personality stuff. You can find that in the Sorta Awesome Archives, episode 65. But Emily is back again, and we are going to be talking about all kinds of things. So Emily is many things. She's a single lady, a longtime art teacher who has a master's degree in education administration. She's a native Texan who loves living in the Lone Star State. She is a fantastic aunt to her nieces and nephews. She's also my first and oldest best friend. And since she is here with me this week, we're going to ask each other some questions that only a sister would ask you. Things like, what is it like to go to a Korean spa? And how did I finally end up getting over my salon anxiety? And all kinds of things about our careers, our life paths, and all sorts of questions that only a sister would ask you. So Emily, welcome back to Sorta Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Now, we heard last year when you came on the show, lots of people told us that it was hard to tell our voices apart. So, Oh, that's very strange to me because I feel like we have very different voices. I feel like we have very different octaves, (laughs) if you will. I'd say that's pretty accurate. We'll talk a little bit more about the voice thing even later in today's episode. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. Emily, I'm going to go ahead and kick this off for us. So my awesome this week is over the weekend. I well, first of all, a major awesome of my life is that Emily came into town last weekend to take me on a staycation here in Oklahoma City to celebrate my 40th birthday. She and my dear friend Catherine put together a surprise birthday dinner for me, and Emily and I had a great time and a great girls weekend. So that is a huge one 
that I will always remember. Emily, that was so much fun. And you surprised me and you fooled me with lots of misdirection and lots of um, clues that turned out to be nothing. So (laughs) we had so much fun. That was so great for a birthday celebration for me. But then later after my birthday um, over the weekend, I took Daisy and one of her little best friends to see Wonder Woman in the theater. And it was so good, you guys. There's so much buzz about Wonder Woman. I think that a lot of people who um, are familiar with the comic book sort of genre of movie that is uh, the superhero genre that is so popular right now were a little nervous about how Wonder Woman is going to turn out. I have to tell you, I I do enjoy the superhero movies. Emily, I don't think that you're a big fan of those. Is that right? I'm just a big fan of those, No. Um, I enjoyed them. I was not a comic book reader, but I feel like that the superhero movies that are, I mean, there's tons of them that have come out. I've seen some of them, not all of them from both DC and Marvel universes. I think they're fun. I mean, I don't feel really super invested in how they turn out. I don't, the characters are not, you know, people like, you know, characters I care about dearly, but they're fine. But Wonder Woman is amazing. Now it's really long. It's <laughs> two hours and 21 minutes which is long for me. And I thought the girls, Daisy, my daughter, who I took just finished sixth grade, and she and her friend did wonderfully, even with a movie that was that long. And they they really loved it, too. But it was so great. So it, it stars um, Gal Gadot as a as Wonder Woman, who you don't even really hear her referred to as Wonder Woman in the whole movie. She goes by her character's original name, which is Diana, and it really traces her origin story through um, where she came from and how she came to have the powers that she has and places her into modern history context in World War I. Um, I have to tell you that my favorite part of this movie was that they cast Robin Wright as a very fierce general who has a really big role in the opening um, section of the movie. She plays General Antiope. And for those of you who are not familiar with Robin Wright um, as the actress, you may know, you may be more familiar with the movie that she kind of started in, and that's The Princess Bride. Oh, yes. Yes. And so here she is, and she is playing this completely fierce, totally amazing, just incredible character, General Antiope, at the beginning of the movie. And just, I don't know, the whole movie is just like, it's so woman empowering without really beating you over the head with it, if that makes sense at all. Like it really flows as a movie. But just to be able to see her in that role was so moving. I just found I was so emotional through the whole movie, which I did not expect. But just seeing this character of Diana and the way they develop her and her story and how she is trying to do good in the world in the name of love, which is really not a usual like superhero um, sort of their motivation, you know, yeah, for the superhero things they do. Um, it was just fantastic. I cried at the end. Daisy cried at the end. It's so good. It is rated PG-13, and Daisy's not quite 13, so um, you just kind of have to use your best judgment if you're taking kiddos to see it. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of, like, fight scenes in it, so if that is, is something that you're sensitive to, you know, you might be careful about that. But anyway, it was fantastic. I'm so glad I got to see it in the theater. It's one that I think is totally great to experience in the theater, and we had a great time seeing Wonder Woman. So that was my awesome of the week. Great. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Emily, what did you bring for us this week as your awesome of the week? Okay, my awesome of the week is as silly as it is, it's a YouTube channel. Now, listen, I love a YouTube channel. Okay. Not silly. I didn't used to, but between you and my family and also our co-host, Rebecca, who loves YouTube as well, I've been converted to the awesomeness of YouTube. Oh, my goodness. So it is a cooking channel, and it's called Laura in the Kitchen. And honestly, I can't even remember how I found her. I think I was maybe looking up how to cook something specific. I think it was maybe like a new take on macaroni and cheese or something for um, a potluck at work. We, we do these um, potlucks every grading period or so. And so I'm always wanting to try, you know, something new um, to share with my friends. And so I found her, um, I'm pretty sure through that. And let me tell you, she is just as cute as a button. She's um, from Italy. She actually did not move over to the United States until she was 12. Oh, wow. And she knew, yes, she didn't know any English. I mean, she's just amazing. She's just cute and funny, and her makeup always looks good, so maybe that's another reason. (laughs) So that's major (laughs) bonus points in your book. But like the other day, I cooked a salmon, and you know more Uh than anybody that I do not like fish. Right. Yeah. I don't like smell of fish being cooked. I don't, I'm worried about, I'm worried that it'll taste the way it smells. Mm. Like I was really branching out. Uh Definitely. This salmon and it was phenomenal. Um, So I'm just learning a lot about cooking and it's becoming just one of my favorite hobbies. I really like it. I know. I know you really, you have told me just in the past few months when we've, you know, checked in on text or had a phone call or whatever, more often than not, you're either in the middle of cooking something, getting ready to cook something, or you've just finished cooking something. (laughs) So that's so great. What are some of the others um, from her recipes and tutorials that you've really liked besides the salmon? So, you know, Laura is from Italy, so she makes a lot of pasta dishes. So one thing that I've started doing is trying to master my own like meat spaghetti sauce. And so she makes a really great, you know, just regular marinara sauce that you can add meat to. Um, That was one of my favorites. She does unique stuff. She does like donuts and corn dogs and things that you wouldn't really think that would be a good YouTube demonstration. The way that she edits her videos makes it to where her videos aren't long. Like she doesn't show you every single step, but you know, she's just, really, really great at what she does. She makes desserts. She makes a lot of cakes and stuff. So, okay. So that's Laura in the kitchen on YouTube. Yes. Okay. That sounds awesome. I am going to check her out for sure. Well, friends, support for this episode is provided by BarkBox. And as you all know, the last time I talked about BarkBox on Sorta Awesome, the idea of having a dog was still really just an idea. But now that we have our little three-month-old white German shepherd puppy, Jaja, I can tell you for a fact that BarkBox is amazing. We tore into our first BarkBox the day after we brought Jaja home, and she plays with the cute little doggy Chinese food delivery box with the squeaky dumplings that were inside every single day. 
So BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and some super fun toys chosen around each month's surprise theme. How it works is super simple. When you sign up, you tell BarkBox your dog's size, if it's a small, medium, or big dog, and you can choose a plan. One month, six month, or 12 month plans are available. You can cancel at any time and you always get free shipping with BarkBox. On the 15th of each month, those Bark Boxes are shipped and then you and your puppy are very happy when you open your box filled with that month's treats. I really love that BarkBox picks the best all natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including any allergies they might have and what kind of a chewer they are. All of the edibles are made in the USA or Canada, and the team at BarkBox tests out those yummy treats with their own dogs to make sure that your dog will love what is in each BarkBox. So each month's box has a theme like Country Fair, BarkBall, Pooh York City, Brooklyn Hipster. They are so fun. And if your dog doesn't like something that's in the box, they will send you something that they'll love for free because they are all about doggy happiness. So BarkBox wants you to experience the awesome of this delivery for the dog in your life. For a free extra premium toy added to your BarkBox every month, visit BarkBox.com slash awesome. And when you subscribe to a six or 12 month plan, select yes, please. When asked, have a playful pup. So again, go to BarkBox.com slash awesome and select yes, please. When they ask you if you have a playful pup. So here's to happy doggies in all of our lives. And details for all of this goodness from BarkBox are in today's show notes. Support for this episode is provided by Talkspace, the online therapy company. And truly, this is the perfect time of year to check out Talkspace for yourself. Hopefully, now that summer is here, you are slowing down and you can sort of check in with yourself. We all need to take a minute to take stock of your healthiness levels in all areas of life. Here at Sorta Awesome, we often talk about how important it is to take a little bit better care of ourselves, and taking care of our mental health is no exception. Talkspace, the online therapy company, makes it so easy to connect with an experienced and licensed therapist who has been handpicked just for you, all for as little as $32 a week. Using Talkspace, you and your therapist can text message each other. You can send audio and video messages whenever you want. You can even do live video chats. What I love about Talkspace is how easy this format makes it to talk to a licensed therapist. With Talkspace online therapy, anyone can get therapy without traveling to an office, and the cost is significantly less than traditional therapy. Talkspace is a perfect fit for all kinds of people, but especially for women who are often too busy juggling schedules to make time to take care of their mental health. If you want to vent about work or family issues, if you just want to talk through something that's been on your mind, no problem. Your therapist is ready to help. To sign up or just to learn more, you can go to Talkspace.com slash awesome. And as a special offer for our awesomes, you can use promo code awesome to get $30 off of your first month and show your support for Sorta Awesome. That's promo code awesome at Talkspace.com slash awesome. Talkspace, it's therapy for how we live today. And as always, all of this information is available in today's show notes. 
Well, like I said at the top of the show, Emily and I thought it would be so fun if when she came uh, back to Sort of Awesome, if we talked about and asked each other some questions that really only your sister would ask. Emily, this first one that I thought of is something I have been dying to ask you for a couple of weeks now. Um, as we talked about the last time Emily was on Sort of Awesome, and we talk about this often in the Hangout group too, Emily is super into all things beauty, beauty products, beauty experiences. She is the person who keeps me informed on what all the trends are, everything I need to know about beauty. Emily's my go-to person. Now, you did something this, was it this past spring, I think? Yes, it was in March. Okay. That I have always been so curious about, and I've never experienced it myself. It has to do with beauty and and taking care of yourself and having a a true beauty experience. And that is you got to go to a Korean spa and do the whole Korean spa experience, which I know very little about. But one thing I do know about going to a Korean spa is that you have to get naked. You do. (laughs) Okay. So here's what I want you to do. Just tell me the whole thing. Walk me through the whole experience of going to a Korean spa. Okay. So for a while now, I've been seeing on Groupon, this Groupon for Spa Castle. Um, And it's here in Dallas. And so I thought, you know, I'm not going anywhere over spring break. This would be a really fun experience. When you get there, you get a wristband and that wristband kind of serves multiple purposes. Um, so it serves like your, your pass to like buy food and drink there. Okay. And it also opens your locker so you don't have to walk around with a locker key. So that's that's nice. So they give you a wristband and then you go back to, um, the locker area. And the very first thing they make you do is take your shoes off. Okay. Like they have very specific lockers for shoes because Well, every aspect of it is very traditional, Mm -hmm. Like you're thinking about a traditional Korean spa. Okay. So they have you take your shoes off and put them in your shoes locker. And then you can do things kind of in different orders, depending on, you know, what you want to do while you're there. So basically what I did was I went and picked up my, my uniform. And so the uniform is really just a t-shirt and shorts. Oh, okay. Okay. I I was like, oh my gosh, a uniform. This this took a very serious turn. (laughs) Like what? I have to wear a uniform. This is crazy. But yeah, it's just a t-shirt and shorts. Um, So you pick up your uniform and you put all your stuff in your locker. Now this is the part where you have to get naked. Okay. What they want you to do is take a shower um, before you do anything. So you go, so there's the locker room is like when you're first looking in and then right outside the locker room is the women's bathhouse. Okay. And so so what's in there is like, there's spas everywhere and these are the naked spas. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be naked to go in them, but it's fine because like everybody's naked. So, okay. Is this, is this co-ed or is this ladies only in this part? This part, thank goodness is ladies only. No. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I would not be going. No, I'm not, I'm not that free. <laughs> no, so that part is just ladies only. I guess the men, I'm, I'm assuming that the men have 
the spa area too, the indoor spa area too, where it's just, you know, naked only. And around the different spas that they have inside this bathhouse part are where you take your showers. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can either like sit on a stool and take a shower, which I guess is, you know, again, very traditionally Korean. Okay. Or you can just go in the stand-up showers that they have. So you take a shower, and then from there, you can either go get dressed and go to the co-ed areas, or you can, you know, sit in the spas. Okay. So what I did, actually, was after I took a shower, I went and put my swimsuit on and my uniform on, and I went and explored the part where it's all co-ed, where it's men. That area, I mean, there's many different areas um, of spas, and... The big ones, the great thing about the big ones is they have these hydrotherapy jets. And so what you can do is like push a button and like six or eight or even more jets just rush out onto you with water. Feels so good. Yeah. So good. And there's this spa um, outside too as well. Um, Which interesting because when I went in March, it was still, it was a little bit cold. Sure. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I don't really know, but I'll just try it. And it was absolutely wonderful because the cold air matched with the hot water of the spa was just, oh, it was just wonderful. So I went back into the women's bathhouse and got undressed and everything and just spent time, you know, in the spas in there. And let me tell you what, even though it's a little weird at first, it's like you're swimming. It's like you're skinny dipping. Okay. It's like, I don't know. There's something freeing about it. Like the just yeah. feels good. And I know that sounds weird. No, I could see how that would be the case, especially since it's just like in that environment, in that circumstance, right. it's the norm. Like everybody's doing it. So good. Yeah. So you don't feel weird. And, you know, there's, of course, all body shapes and sizes. So, you know, you just kind of fit in with everybody because everybody's naked and you're just chilling out in spas. And so, I don't know. It was just a really neat experience. Now, I will tell you that when I was reading the reviews on, like, Yelp or Facebook, it's kind of a mixed bag. Okay. Like, some people don't have a good experience there. So, my expectations were pretty low going in, but I had a really good time. I think it was a great day to spend spring break day. And that's kind of giving me courage that if I ever have that opportunity, maybe I'll say yes, <laughs> because the idea freaked me out a little bit to begin right. with. But good. hearing you talk about it makes me feel like, okay, I think I could do that. I think I could do it. So. I think you could. So speaking of beauty, Megan. Yes question for you okay how and when did you get over your bizarre anxiety about going to hair salons (laughs) (laughs) yep bizarre that's the accurate way to describe it for sure (laughs) so on past episodes of sort of awesome i have talked about the fact that for the vast majority of my like adult life let's just say from college onward I only got haircuts maybe twice a year, and that was really pushing it for a long time. It was like once a year. And then I went like 
really to a weird place where I didn't even go to <laughs> like a like any kind of hairstylist to get my hair cut. I just had Kyle cut my hair in our kitchen. <laughs> Kyle cut your hair. <laughs> Which, you guys, is really weird. I totally own that. It's a very bizarre, weird thing I had going on. Because I had this very real, but very strange sense of anxiety about going to the hair salon. The way some people feel about going to the dentist genuinely was how I felt about going to a hair salon, which I know. I say the words out loud. I hear the crazy. Yes, I own it. I I get it. I think... And I've talked about this a little bit. I just would feel so insecure and so um, just sure that everybody there was going to be looking at my hair like, oh, that poor girl. (laughs) (laughs) Which is crazy because you have really good hair. I don't know. That's not, I don't think that's accurate. (laughs) But um, I would just, I, since I didn't take good care, it really is kind of like going to the dentist, you know, like like you go to the dentist and you're afraid they're going to be like, oh my gosh, your teeth are a wreck because you don't floss or you've got gingivitis or whatever. Yeah. I felt the same way about my hair that they'd be like, oh my gosh, your hair is dry. You've got split ends everywhere. The color's terrible, all of that. And so I really had talked myself into like, I can't go to salons. Well, We have a really great little salon literally just down the street from my house and via Yelp, I was looking through one day and I was just like, I really, oh, I know what it was, Emily. It was last spring in March when I was getting ready to go to Dallas for the podcast live show and we were hosting this sort of awesome after party. And I was like, I cannot go be on stage with my friends, Knox and Jamie, and then, you know, host this after party with Kelly and Laura for our awesome community. I cannot go with my hair looking like a wreck. So I made myself make an appointment at this little salon down the street and I went and everybody there was so nice and cool. And one thing that helps so much, I'm so vain, I swear. (laughs) It helps so much when the stylist took me back to the shampoo bowl to wash my hair. And both she and the stylist next to me were like, oh my gosh, your hair color is amazing. They just were going on about how great it looked. And I colored my own hair and I had just done it. So I was like, okay, they're like accepting me. They're bringing me into the inner circle. (laughs) Community. <laughs> yes, the salon community is accepting me after all of these years. So anyway, I really, it's a great salon. I love the stylist there. It's a very fun and funky place where the stylists, almost all of them have, you know, tons of tattoos and their hair is vibrant, crazy colors. And it's a very chill atmosphere. And so because of that salon, I have been able to get over my crazy feelings about going to the hair salon and you heard I've been cured finally (laughs) (laughs) you and I were talking about this weekend and you made a great point that it's one of those things where like just the more you do it the more comfortable you get with it of course you just get more comfortable with the whole experience and that totally has been the case right for me so yeah so that's how I got over my crazy hair problems (laughs) I mean I still have hair problems let's be honest but (laughs) Now going to the salon for regular haircuts is not one of them. (laughs) Let's switch gears totally and and leave behind the beauty talk. And let's talk about our professional lives. So you are a veteran teacher. Tell us, tell us how long you've been teaching now. 14 years. Yes. You're about to start your 15th year, right? Yes. 
Okay. And so for, for many years, you have been teaching at the middle school level, which God bless America, that takes a very, very special kind of crazy is what we call it. <laughs> I was going to say a very special loving personality, but if you want to <laughs> label it crazy, that's fine. <laughs> but here's what I would love to know. So you've been teaching for all of these years. Right. Let's kind of talk about what's the hardest part of teaching. And then okay. let's talk specifically about middle school kids. Like what does no one even know to ask you about middle school kids that you think people should know. But let's start with the, what's the hardest part of teaching for you? Now, I'm a highly sensitive person. Okay. So this may not even be on the radar. In fact, I know it's not on the radar as many of my other teacher friends is um, the loudness. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) And I know that's like so specific and random, but like, they're so loud and they're, they have learned, my kids have learned that like, and they may, they may not ever say this, but like, you can't be loud in my class. Mm, right. <laughs> they can have fun and they can talk to each other and have a good time. You know, I teach art, so, you know, we don't have the pressure of, you know, having to get ready for a test anytime during the year, but you cannot be loud. <laughs> <laughs> That is the number one rule. Do that not is, be loud. Um, and don't tap your pen on the table. <laughs> <laughs> so you are a highly sensitive person who obviously a lot of like auditory or sound yeah. triggers yeah. are a big deal for you. Like It's really hard. We have to be in the hallway at our doors. We have to be in the hallway at our doors um, in passing period. And they're just, they're also very physically unpredictable. Like, right. They, don't really have a great grasp on their legs and arms. And so like all of a sudden I will be walking in the hallway and like, I'll just get, you know, some random kid backed into me cause he's not watching where he's going or, <laughs> you know, it's just, um, yeah, there's limbs that fly yeah. all the time. Yeah. Most yeah. horseplay and that as a, as a highly sensitive, mm. that bothers me too. Cause I don't like being touched by students. Like they'll come up to you and like, they'll come up to me and like tap me on my shoulder over and over. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't do that. (laughs) Step back and step off, please. You're in my bubble. That's what I tell them. You're in my bubble and I need no one to be in my bubble. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I need to tell my children that you are in my bubble. (laughs) So there are some sensory issues that I have with teaching. I mean, you know, I could go on and on about, you know, the paperwork and, you know, all of the politics and all of that. But I mean, when you get down to it, I love the kids. I love watching them grow into artists. Um, You know, I love that part. But the loudness just really drains me. That's why I need during the school year, I need a lot of downtime. um, Because I just need to recover from the chaos that is middle school. Definitely. Definitely. Also, you're an introvert. You're an INFJ right. in the yeah. Myers-Briggs system. And, and yeah, that takes a lot of recovery, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about middle school kids specifically. What does no one even ever really ask you or think to ask you about your students, about this age that you think people should know about middle school kids? Oh, goodness. Many things. I think probably the 
the one that people forget from their middle school years is the self-conscious aspect. Oh my gosh. Yes. If they like something, but no one around them likes it, it is very hard. Like if I were to ask just in conversation with the class, like who likes the beach? I guarantee you all of those kids would be looking around to see who was raising their mm-hmm. hand. Mm-hmm. I have seen that change in Daisy this year. The self, right. They're just like so self-conscious of, of everything all the time. Oh my gosh, yeah. bless their little hearts. <laughs> okay, quick follow-up question. If you had to do it all over again, would you go into teaching? Okay, I'm not going to give you a great answer or the politically correct answer, but no, I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. I think after 14 years, you're, it's okay for you to be like, I don't know if I would do this all again. (laughs) It's just, it's so hard. And everybody says when you're in college, Oh, you don't make a lot of money. And you're like, okay, I know. But then when you get out and you're like, Oh, I really am not making very much money. (laughs) What I'm making for doing this. Okay. Like, it's not uncommon for me to work 12-hour days. It is not uncommon Yeah. yeah. Uh, during, you know, busy seasons or whatever. But, yeah, I think I would probably major in, I don't know, HR or public relations. Oh, you'd like, be really good at the, both of those things. Yeah. yeah. It'd be fun. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, speaking of our, our professional lives, my professional life started out – Similarly, in that I was a teacher for three years, but I haven't been in the classroom for many years and really have only um, this current job that I'm doing of hosting this podcast is something, you know, sort of relatively new in the grand scheme of life. I've been doing it for two years now. So I was wondering if you have any questions for me about this job of hosting a podcast. Okay, so I do have a question. Um you know, when we were meeting um, a lot of your followers when you did the podcast in Dallas mm-hmm. and a lot of people in the Sorta Awesome Hangout group on Facebook, many people talk about your voice. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. How soothing it is <laughs> and calming it is, which to me is funny just because your voice to me has always just been Megan's voice. Right. It's yes. not really ever been anything unique, but apparently to other people it is. What do you think about that? That is a very, um, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing because like you said, like your voice is just your voice and you just, that's the thing that you always have. You know, it's so funny because you were talking about the self-consciousness of middle school and I just, just now when you were asking me about that, I, I remembered that when I was in probably, I was like fifth, maybe sixth grade, maybe sixth grade, the choir director at our church made a comment to me. We were doing kids choir and we were doing like a little program, who knows? And I had a speaking <laughs> part and he said something about like, wow, this deep voice that you have or something like that. What a great deep voice that is. I don't know. Something about how deep my voice was. And again, I was, you know, fifth, sixth grade. So I was just completely mortified that anybody would think that there was anything really like deep about my voice. Because of course, when you're that age, and especially, you know, back in that time in our (laughs) culture, like anything that was not gender normative that you... (laughs) That was pointed out about you, you would, I I felt really self-conscious. And in fact, really for a lot 
of my school years, my growing up years, I have felt very self-conscious about my voice because it is deep. It's definitely very alto. I could probably sing most tenor parts (laughs) quite easily (laughs) should the occasion arise. And so it is interesting. I do. I mean, I also, because of the podcast, I have to listen to my own voice a lot. I've listened to my own voice for hours and hours and hours while editing the podcast to get it ready to go every Friday. And so while a lot of people have some insecurities about how their voices sound when they hear it play back, um, and just kind of avoid hearing their own voice being recorded. It's not that, like, I don't have that luxury. I can't just be like, oh my gosh, I hate to hear my voice. <laughs> <laughs> like I have to hear it. And oh. I will say that having listened to my own voice for so long, there are times when I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot take the sound of my voice. Not because I feel insecure about it, but just because I just hear it so much. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't everybody hate their voice? I think so. I mean, I think that that is a pretty universal thing that people feel, you know, have not maybe not great feelings about their voices. So, okay. Now, Emily, one thing that you and I do not have in common at all is our feelings about travel. Yes, I love to travel. You love to travel. I have major travel anxiety, major, (laughs) mostly to do that. It has my anxieties are based in flying. Um, And honestly, it's not even so much the part about being in the air, which that does kind of freak me out a little bit. But most of my travel anxiety has to do with airports and making flight connections and finding my way or through the airport to the right gate on time. It stresses me out. But Emily, you love to hang out in airports. I mean, you don't just go like to DFW, just like. But I would, (laughs) and I would do that. (laughs) Let's talk about this. Tell me more about this. When did you realize that you really love travel? And what is it about airports that that you just really love? Because they bring nothing but stress and anxiety to me. Well, here's the deal. I love flying. Yes, I mean, remember earlier in my life when I wanted to be an airline pilot. I do remember that. Yes. And I still, that is still very much a dream for me. Um, I just love flying. I love all of the aspects of flying. Um, and I love to people watch and what better place to people watch than airports. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. And I love planes. I'm obsessed with different planes and, I love looking at the different manufacturers, you know, of different types of planes, whether it be commercial or private. I just, I love everything about aviation. I just do. And so I think that that kind of lends itself to also loving to travel. And you have to remember, like when you're in an airport, you have to emotionally shut down. Like you just have to be like, okay, here's security. Here's this, here's the gate check-in. Here's all of this and just totally just emotionally just just I don't even know how to explain it. Was that funny? (laughs) Maybe that's my problem. I don't have like an emotional off switch. So it just it's it's overwhelming to me. I really I just I just want to get to where I need to be on time. And the whole sensation of not knowing where I'm going, especially I mean, if it's an airport I've never been in, it's different when I'm 
Will Rogers Airport here in Oklahoma City. I've flown out of there a million times. But other airports, finding finding your way, not knowing where you're going, it's very unsettling for me. So I love that there are people who love it, though. There's a lot of unexpected things that can happen in travel. And so like missing your connection or whatever it is, a plane being delayed or whatever. I don't mind that at all. In fact, you know, again, it goes back to the emotionally shutting down. Like you just have to be like, Hey, this stuff happens Mm -hmm. and roll with the punches Yes. So it reminds me of what Tish Oxenrider said when she was on Sort of Awesome this spring talking about travel that one of her big travel mantras is you'll probably make your flight and that she just kind of uses right. that to kind of settle. Right. So um, here's a spinoff question talking about travel, because I know you love to explore and see new places. If you had to live alone for a year anywhere mm-hmm. in the world, what country would you pick? Do you oh, think? Italy. For sure. You got to go years ago and experience Italy in, in, in so many different ways. So that's that's the country you think you'd pick? Oh, yes, definitely. Just because, I mean, Rome by itself, I mean, you could spend a month in Rome and not see everything that there is to see. Sure, yeah. And, you know, Florence and Venice, I mean, there's just so much. We were there uh, when I went, it was about 10 years ago. Um, I went with a roommate at the time um, through a grant program, through education. And uh, we were there for two weeks. We went to Rome, Florence and Florence and Venice. And we were up from sun up to sundown, just busy, 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 and didn't get to see everything that we wanted to see. But yeah, definitely. Oh, and the food. Oh, my gosh. The food there is just phenomenal. Like my roommate, my roommate at the time would probably still make fun of me for uh, bragging about the food, not bragging, but for raving about the food just because like you could be eating a panini sandwich and it would be like the best panini sandwich I've ever eaten because everything there is fresh. Like they make their own bread. And so uh, I just love Italy, all things Italy. I had a feeling that was going to be your answer on that one. Okay. So here is another question for you, Megan. Okay. So you just turned 40. Do you you feel 40? I'm still getting used to the word um, because I don't inwardly feel any different, but I do. I kind of feel like it feels a little empowering to say I'm 40. So yeah, I'm digging it. Have any wrinkles? (laughs) I'm not just saying that. Like I'm looking at you right now and you really, we were blessed with the best genes from our wonderful mother. We do have good genetics, but I got plenty of wrinkles. So (laughs) So you're sort of at the midpoint of your life, you know, a time when people reflect on their life choices, things like that. Do you have any regrets or maybe do differently? This is a tough one. This is definitely a question that only your sister would ask you. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You're 40. Tell me about your regrets. Tell me what you hated that you did. Oh my goodness. I totally, of course, of course, as I look back over my life, I definitely have regrets. Um, You know, some things I did out of immaturity and, you know, various reasons. I, I definitely regret that I was not a great friend in high school. I definitely, (laughs) 
as you nod your head vigorously. (laughs) (laughs) But I was one of those girls that picked boyfriends before friends. And I I do regret that. To this day, I'm 40. And I, I regret that. Of course, again, there's lots of circumstances for why we do the things we do when we're kids. But there's that. Um. In some ways, and this is going this is going to sound worse than I than I would ever mean for it to sound, but in some ways I kind of regret that I never had a time in my life where I lived by myself. No, so you didn't. I really didn't. I went from home to college where I was in a sorority, so I lived in um, the sorority section of our dorms. So I never really, you know, a lot of people move off campus after their first year. I stayed in the dorms. Um, then Kyla and I got married before our senior year of college and of course are still together. So I've never had any place that was just my own. And right. while I don't regret, um, cause you got young. Yes. And I, and I don't regret that. We were, you know, we were, we, we knew that each other were that we were the one. And so there, it, it didn't seem to make sense to wait, but in some right. ways I do regret that I just never had any, you know, living space that was just mine. So there's that. Um, also in that era in time, after I finished my undergrad, I started my master's work in library and information science. And I never finished it because we moved to Texas. Kyle was coaching back then and we moved for his job. I was nine hours short of completing my master's. Oh, and I didn't know. Yeah, I was almost done and I never finished it. And so I really should- regret that. I should go back. I don't think any. I think my credits are probably long since expired. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Um, it was in 1999 and 2000. Okay. That was almost 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I regret. I regret just like not finishing it because I could have finished and and had a master's degree. But also, I mean, I still there's still a part of me that's like. I could be a librarian someday. I mean, I know library jobs are hard to come by no matter what yeah. level of library you're talking about. So I kind of regret that. I definitely regret being, hmm, how can I say this? I regret a lot of the opinions I held when my children were younger. When the girls were younger, I I felt very strongly about some beliefs of some parenting choices that are really specific to sort of the the baby and toddler years that now being older and having twins when I was, you know, in my late thirties. Um, I just regret that I, ugh, I regret that I did not do better about seeing other people's points of view and listening to other people's stories. So I could better understand people's choices that were different from mine. Sure. So I'm sure there are many more, but let's leave it at those. <laughs> those are good answers. Those were good, honest answers. Okay, let's do some really fast ones, some like almost lightning round ones, some really quick ones. And these questions that you and I have been asking each other are really specific to our own lives. But I think these next three questions that we're going to ask and answer are questions that you all, the awesomes who are listening, could totally ask your sister or your best friend or partner or somebody in your life. Just if you're looking for a good conversation starter, I think these can be some good ones to ask. So first of all, Emily, what annoys you the most about people? I would have to say it makes me very irritated when people don't have any self-awareness. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. There's there's this one person in my life and I'm not going to tell you 
but she will literally go on and on and on about, and it's usually negative. Oh yes. And really has no other insight to any other perspective than her own. Mm-hmm. And that drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. More than any. I get it. Get it. Lack of, lack of self-awareness. Um, yeah. Mine is similar um, because in what you said kind of triggered it. I cannot deal with um, consistent criticism of other people. Like um, okay. when, when somebody is just like a highly critical person, not highly sensitive, but highly critical, that yeah. annoys me. I just want to be like, oh my gosh, just relax. Let's give each other some grace. So HCP. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> HCP. We all have them in our lives. <laughs> okay. Here's another one. What emotion do you experience the most? <laughs> Okay, so what first comes to my mind, and this is going to sound really bad, but it's anger. Okay, I don't know why that sounds bad. No, I am not an angry person. I'm really not an angry person. Trust me. Okay. (laughs) But uh, it's usually when I'm at work. Uh I mean, you deal with 12 and 13 year olds on a daily basis that that largely don't, they don't make decisions. So, you know, I do get frustrated. I do get angry at them. But another time that I get angry is when I'm driving. And I think that probably goes back to my INFJ personality Mm -hmm. in that I want everybody to follow the rules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in the car, I want everybody to follow the rules of traffic. Yes. And the traffic laws. Um, there's this one part by my house that I really avoid because people will um, get in the middle lane and try to turn when you can't turn there. And it makes me crazy angry, like irrationally angry. Yeah. But the good thing about my anger is that I have learned over the years to kind of like talk to myself about it. Like, you know, you don't know what that person's going through. Maybe they're having a bad day, yada, yada, yada. And I don't have like road rage. Like I don't flip people off or <laughs> yell at them. But like I get angry when yeah. I am driving. Yeah. So yeah. that's mine. What about you? Is, frust- is frustration an emotion? Sure. Okay. I feel like, again, this, these are not the like shiny, glittery <laughs> answers that you might think right right um I think frustration is probably one of my most common emotions because I yes I have really high and probably wildly unrealistic expectations for my own self and for the people with whom I live and for the dog with whom I live dog I think the new dog has given frustration to you a whole new meaning oh my gosh you experienced her in real life this past weekend she's bananas we're working on it you guys but I had no idea um so frustration, yes. And and I don't, again, I, I don't mean that to sound totally negative, but I, I really do think it's because I have really strong attachments to my expectations for how 
you know, how the day should go, how much I should be able to accomplish, um, how the kids should treat each other. I have really strong attachments to that. And so when those expectations aren't met, I just find that I just get frustrated so easily with things and people around me. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably my most common. Um, okay. Here's a, a good one too. That you that again, you all who are listening could ask a sibling or just ask a friend in conversation because I think this is an interesting question, Emily. What is something that our parents don't know about you? I would have to say that they don't know that I would love love to be a small business owner. Ooh, I yeah. didn't know that. Really, really. Well, I really want to own, and this is so random and so specific, but I really want to own like a laundromat or a car wash. Yeah. Okay. I think they would be fun to run. I don't know. Again, it's very random. Um, but yeah, or any, I mean, I would not want to own a restaurant. No way. No. Way. I've heard too many people <laughs> having a kid all the time. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, even like just a, a boutique store. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. That is so fascinating. I did not know that. Yeah. What about you? I mean, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind that my parents, our parents don't know about me is literally what I do. Like they. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Oh my gosh. I think, yeah, they probably, (laughs) you have the blog. They don't understand the internet. Our parents, you guys, they they can't, they don't have iPhones. My mom doesn't even have a cell phone. My dad has like a flip phone. They refuse to come into the information age of the internet. And it needs to be said that we have both, you and I both have tried to teach them like how to look like I would like one of our phones, either your phone or my phone, we would give it to them and say, okay, I'm going to send a text message. I want you to check it. They can't do that. They refuse to learn. They genuinely do. So yeah, I think that they, what they don't know about me is like literally what I do. They don't understand what a podcast is. They don't understand my whole thing, my whole thing of life after teaching. And (laughs) I mean, they do know that I, co-authored a book and that that came out that's like a physical thing like they understand books so they know that and they were pumped about that but like all of the rest of the work I've been doing for the past you know 10 years or whatever right and especially with the podcast in the past few years they just know they don't get it okay let's wrap up we cannot have a conversation without talking about some specific beauty stuff this is something again that you and I talk about so much and you all should know that when my sister comes to visit, um, my girls are like thrilled because they know they're going to get to try out some new products from Mimi's yeah. makeup bag and learn some new stuff. So let's talk beauty really quickly before we wrap up. Emily, what is the one beauty technique you cannot seem to conquer? Okay, so I have tried this so many times. There is one technique part of it, one specific part that I ha- haven't tried. So I will try it. And it's the winged eyeliner. Oh, that's, I cannot do it. It's really advanced makeup. I've never even tried. Oh my when gosh! I do it, it looks 
stupid and I mess it up. Now there is what I was saying. There is this technique where you use tape mm, mm-hmm. like your lines. And I would think that that would be pretty foolproof. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I just cannot do it. But now I have mastered a lot. Like I used to not be able to put on false eyelashes. I can do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Once I learned the right way to do it. Um, yeah. Okay. What do you think you're best at when it comes to beauty stuff? Oh man, probably, probably eyeshadow. I was going to say eyeshadow. You're so good at eyeshadow. It well, looks amazing. You say that, but I'm good at it because I have really good lids. I have really good eyelids. Hmm. Like they're very long and wide. And so mm-hmm. I have a wide surface to work with. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Good. That's true. You're really good at eyeshadow application. Yeah. What about you? What do you think you're bad at? Well, I know I would be bad if I really gave it a try. And that is the eyebrow. <laughs> the eyebrow <laughs> situation. Tried it. Well, I mean, no, I haven't ever tried it. I can barely, barely pluck the strays. The thought of like, I just, I don't know. The thought of like trying to brush in color. I think I would look like a preschooler attacked my eyebrows. I mean, it is difficult to do. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you for affirming that. that It's difficult to make, to get the right color because you don't want it to be too light. Right dark or too orange yes so the eyebrow situation is very 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 intimidating to me so that's what i cannot seem to do i can't even make myself try one thing i'm good at though i think is lipstick yes you're very good at lipstick not only like um you know obviously applying it is not really hard but i'll tell you what you are good at picking out colors i love lipstick colors and can i tell you this i forgot to mention this in my awesome of the week after we went and saw this amazing, like, girl-empowering Wonder Woman movie, we went straight to <laughs> Sephora, and I bought myself a new lipstick, and I bought Daisy and her friend new lipsticks, and it was just a great girl day all around. So, it was so fun. I love lipstick. I love colors. Um, something that you and I do not agree on in lipstick colors, you're more of the nude subtle lipstick maybe because you have really vibrant eyes going on all the time and I don't for sure um so it balances out because you usually stick with a more nude palette and I like like fuchsia and um red and I don't know all the colors you don't wear a lot of eye makeup on a regular basis I really don't yeah I really don't so Okay, this has been so fun to sit down and talk and answer the questions that only your sister would ask you. So, um, Emily, you are in the Hangout group for people who would like to have any follow-up conversations with you. Also, you're on Instagram. If anybody wants to check you out over there, what's your Instagram handle? It is Emily34331. Okay, and we'll put that into the show notes. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, I'm sort of awesome Meg. Um, you can find the show on Instagram at Sword Awesome Show. We're also on Twitter at Sword Awesome Pod. You can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sword Awesome. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sword Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffer, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at PragerMusic.com. 
We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.